Literary Scape presents the historical, inspirational book club podcast, The First of Its Kind. This show is for those who love clean romance adventure stories from the 1800s. In this episode, Jamie and Melissa will be discussing Redeeming the Outlaw by Jody Bass. An outlaw looking for a fresh start, a rancher's daughter with something to hide. When opposites attract, will sparks fly or will their differences drive them apart? Matthias Noble can never make up for all the crimes he committed, but after finding freedom from the outlaw gang he'd been entangled with, all he wants is an honest job where he can keep his head down. When trouble seems to follow him at every turn, he fears he may never untangle himself from the bondage of his past holding him back. Elaine Bradford can never tell a soul her secret. Advancing her social standing will offer her the pristine order she needs and a way to keep that secret hidden. When scandal threatens her reputation, she's banished to live in the Colorado wilderness with her wayward sister, endangering the exposure of all she conceals. When Matthias and Elaine become unlikely allies in a bitter war over grazing territory, they must learn to trust one another. Can they put aside their misgivings and bring their enemy to justice, or will the darkness of doubt nipping at their heels drag them down once and for all? This gripping saga full of heart-pounding adventure will take you on an emotional journey of love and redemption in this majestic Rocky Mountains. Okay, so I have to admit, when I first started reading this, I had a little beef with it. <laughs> and that was, do you remember in Redeeming the Prodigal, Gideon had built that house on the mountain specifically for Joe and to raise a family there. Yes. And here it starts off with, they've sold that and they're bought a sheep farm. Yes. It's like, why? Why? I yeah, that made no sense to me. <laughs> like you have this perfect I mean, haven. Eventually, it comes around as yeah. I couldn't figure it out, and eventually, it comes around and it, and it makes sense. But I have, I have to admit, I was like, I felt like she just relocated her characters to make this story work, and it does work out in the end. But initially, I was like, no, because he passionately built that house for her. <laughs> <laughs> anyways so let's just real quick before we hop into our new love story let's did you enjoy seeing gideon and joe again and where they're at in their life at this point yes yes they i just i really like joe and gideon they're just super cute and i don't know if maybe it's just that underlying friendship and then after their story in the last book and just watching that kind of the culmination of it and where they're at now it was it's like watching your best friends grow up and get married and like move on with their life it was enjoyable i was really happy <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah and i love because she's uh, pregnant now and so expecting their first child and he's super uh, protective but man she's a tough one uh, she yes. works hard even though she's pregnant so yeah and very yep. pregnant i'm not talking like beginning stages pregnant i'm talking yeah, towards like, the end <laughs> turkey hunting and about ready to like oh i gotta sit down because i'm gonna pass out like while you're turkey hunting like girl take a break <laughs> yeah I know. I know. And what did you think about his friend Clay and his grandma uh, moving and living with them? I loved it. I really liked Florence. 
I think that's her name, Florence, right? Yeah. I just, I respected her. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I think that was a character that she, it was just a great character. I mean, she, you know, an older Indian woman and just that, that sense of being able to, mm-hmm. when Gideon describes her in the last book, like, you know, when she met Gideon, she was able to almost look into his soul in a way, like she, she called it. And then, you know, coming up again in this one and mm-hmm. like without giving like the first thing that she says to Elaine, like you're home, just the, that wisdom, that mm-hmm. fate, it was, I really, really enjoyed her. Or the, oh my goodness, in the beginning. And she's yeah. like, I'll shoot that she man. Is... And I'm just like, it's funny. She definitely is the wisdom character for sure. Okay. So the opening scene is very interesting with, um, why is his name escaping me? Our hero. Who's our hero? Matthias. 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 I'm so sorry. The name went blank there. The opening scene with Matthias. He did. You're right. Because it's Matthias Noble now. Mm Mm-hmm. So, um, anyways, what did you think about that opening scene with the rustlers and the cattle rustlers? It f totally believable, right? Totally believable. It almost hurts your heart after you find out more about it because he just wants to do the right thing, and you think he's doing the right thing, and you feel happy for him. Like, oh my goodness, he's you know, look at this outlaw who is now going out is like, you know, I'm never going to let that happen. And like, he's completely against it. So you feel better knowing that he's kind of sticking to the promises that he made Gideon and Joe. And then you find out Mm -hmm. and it just, it makes your heart hurt for him. Like the man's trying so hard. Yes. Yeah, I did. My heart broke. And then I was like, oh no, now what's this going to do for him? You know, as he's trying to turn over a new leaf and he feels it too. Like when you get into the dialogue in his head, he's feeling like, okay, I don't understand. I just must be the kind of person that will always have evil following me on my tail, Mm -hmm. you know, um, takes him a while to get over that. But then there's this one scene where, uh, his horse, he's riding his horse and like the, uh, the cinch breaks, right? And yeah. his saddle falls off and he falls off, right? <laughs> and, yeah. and his horse, I believe his horse name is Copper, comes back, you know, and is, you know, kind of nudging him with his nose a little bit. So I laughed at this scene. She wrote that perfect, like perfectly because... One, I've been bucked off so many times, you know, <laughs> growing up as a kid and every stinking time. I mean, like you're sitting there, like your tailbone is screaming, right? Yep. And you're like, I just need to catch my breath. And here comes your horse back over there, like nuzzling <laughs> you like, oh, what you doing down Oops. there? You know, <laughs> you're like, yeah. get away from me. But anyways, so my sister, uh, one of my sisters one time. She was riding her horse and the horse was Patches. Okay. And he's a, he was a gentle horse, but he was one of those horses that once you tightened the saddle on, you then needed to smack his belly to get him to release his air and then re-tighten it 
Okay. Because yeah. otherwise what would happen is he would like fill his lungs, right? And you would tighten it. And then once you got going, he'd release and then the saddle was loose. Oh my God. And so that's what happened to her. And so as she was riding, the saddle just, I, I, I try to do this without laughing too hard, but the saddle just slowly slid with her on it off to the side until she fell off and the saddle was hanging like upside down on him. And he, he stopped and he kind of like looked like towards his belly and then he looked at her and then he just stood there. <laughs> we, I, Jessica and I were like dying laughing at her and uh rebecca got so mad she actually called us a very not nice name <laughs> and stormed off because she was so oh mad God. and we're like <laughs> we were dying laughing but when i read that scene i'm like yep that's exactly how it goes when the saddle just <laughs> slips off oh my god anyways i mean we have so many funny stories of that but uh yeah that totally popped in my head but the other thing was, okay, let's talk about Elaine a little bit. You said you, th you think you've gotten to where you figured her out, right? Mm -hmm. And I figured her out immediately because mm -hmm. she is so like me, <laughs> but she's more extreme than I am. Okay. So she doesn't like to be dirty. Mm -hmm. She doesn't, uh, you know, she the textures really bother her. Okay. There's just a lot of things about her that I totally related to. So in that scene where she literally falls like head first out of, <laughs> out of the wagon, right into a mud puddle. I mean, what was your reaction to that scene? Oh my goodness. Um, like I had picked up on the little nuances before that. And so I, I don't think I caught it quite then. I mean, it was more... I think I laughed more like I felt bad, but I think it was kind of like, haha, because she's always been kind of so uppity. And at that time, I didn't quite put it mm -hmm. all together. So I kind of laughed. And then later on is like, you know, she gets to the mm -hmm. cabin and you learn more. And it's like, oh, I really kind of feel bad for laughing at her for that. Yeah. What I feel bad for is, it, and I know you haven't quite gotten to the end, but Matthias is amazing with her. Mm -hmm. given his background that really shocked me but he gets her he gets her struggle and really she's so extreme with her struggle because of the fear that her grandmother has put in her about it mm -hmm. right yeah and and has tried to just tell her you got to wrap yourself in this cocoon and you got to keep yourself away from situations that are going to trigger you Mm -hmm. she has more triggers than i have but like the whole dirty thing i get i do not like to be dirty okay but yeah. i can handle it and deal with it because growing up when you grow up on a farm and you're mucking out stalls mm -hmm. you're gonna get dirty <laughs> so but you know what i mean so i feel like her grandmother really did her a disservice by trying to keep her in this bubble all the yeah. time and not letting her like gradually deal with the discomfort of being dirty. And yeah. like yeah. she had those coffee granules on her and she was yeah. freaking out because yep. she couldn't take the, so I'm the same way with flour or sugar. I cannot stand that feeling on my hand. And so mm -hmm. I'm immediately 
getting under the water, get it off, get it off. Now I've gotten better over time, but I was like, Oh girl, I feel your pain right now. Yeah. (laughs) One thing that definitely stood out about that and talking about the grandma and it just kind of made me wonder the the thinking part of it was how often do our own fears because learning like her, her great grandmother. So her grandma's mom mm-hmm. had the same issue. Like how often do our fears, she was so afraid of what happened to her mother that she was terrified it happened to her granddaughter. And when we fear right. something in life, how often do we not realize like we're putting someone else into a bad place or instead of helping someone heal, we're actually hurting when we think we're protecting someone mm-hmm. We're oh, you got to hide that or you got to deal with this because of our own experiences. And then you realize like, mm-hmm grandma didn't do her any justice. Like she didn't help her in that scenario at all. When, where she thought she was saving, she made it so much worse. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's a great thing to point out for sure. Uh, That definitely is revealed because Matthias then eventually like they, you know, get to know each other and he finally just asks her, do you, do you fear the thing itself? Or does your, how did he word it? Something like, or does your anxiety about being in that situation, yeah. is that actually the root of your problem yeah. instead of the thing? Because, I mean, she was even like, I mean, she has this, after uh, Joe has the baby, because her grandma said, you can't be around kids either because they're going to trigger you. Right. And you can't be around babies because they cry. That'll trigger you, you know, all these things. And so she is holding the baby as they're traveling into town and they hit this really big rut and she drops the baby in the wagon. And it's not a big drop or anything like that, but she the baby's crying right away. So she scoops her and she holds her like holds the baby tight to her because she and she goes into a complete breakdown she doesn't see or hear anyone around her and like joe and gideon are trying to get her to like let go of the baby let go of our baby you know and she just can't so then gideon is about ready to i mean like manhandle her to get his baby out of her hands and here comes matthias and he's like don't touch her and he could come in and talk her out like literally pull her out of this complete panic and then they get the baby and matthias just holds her on the in the saddle with her and takes her the rest of the way into town and just gets her to calm down but i mean they're really a great pair so i know you haven't gotten to that part yet so hope i didn't ruin that totally for you but it was just one of those moments where she goes oh my word this is a real problem and it's putting other people in danger like she was so heartbroken that she had hurt her i won't say what they have yeah a niece or a nephew but you know what i mean so yeah it it was great. Yeah. So what did you think about the McBrides then? Mm, well, uh, I don't like them. I think they're awful. <laughs> I don't, <clears throat> I haven't finished it yet, so I'm not all the way there. But so far, mm-hmm. they're just bad people. Like, 
when he comes, he comes across the scene and he realizes, Oh, this is what we're doing. And then he's like, all right, I'm going to leave tonight. And he's coming around the house and he overhears him talking. It's just, it, it's such a sour feeling. It's like, these people are just horrendous. Like, how can you have no conscience? Like you just met this guy. He saved your son's life, which mm-hmm. he shouldn't have, but yeah, like a complete stranger thought he was protecting your child and you were that heartless. Like, Oh, well, if he runs, we'll just kill him. And it's just, it, it's crazy. Yeah. Like I just, they're horrible. I just, I can't imagine. Like I, that's just a kind of evil that I've never been able to, I just, you can't wrap your head around it. I know, I know. And I, uh, I, um, I don't want to dig into them too much because there's a lot you haven't, you haven't been able to get to yet that just, but I would agree. They were, there's a lot of layers there that you'll see start unraveling. Um, So one of the things later on, Matthias, you know, he picks up on how Elaine is struggling, right? And she has that brooch that she's always uh, tapping. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, and so he picks up on it and he builds. Okay. Do you have chicken? You have chickens, right? Yeah. So he builds this because she has to go. That's part of her job living there with Joe. Is she has to go in water, feed and collect eggs. And it is very taxing on her to do that. And she has this huge fear, right? So he builds this adds on to the chicken coop to make it easy for easy for her to put the feed in without ever going into the coop uh, and to collect the eggs without actually going into the coop. The only thing she has to go in to do is water and he puts it right by the door so she could just open the door, dump the water and go right back out. So she doesn't ever have to go in it. He does all this for her. He gets Gideon's permission first, but he does all this for her. And she is so overwhelmed by this, by him doing this, that I wrote down a question when I was reading, because she, she, it's so much more than the gift itself. It's the fact that he noticed her mm-hmm. and that he noticed her struggles and he wanted to help her. Yeah. So I, I wrote down, have you ever had someone give you something that was much more than the gift itself? Absolutely. And that's where, not to sound cliche and it's, man, but like, okay. So like my husband, Mike, I mean, there's just, there's so many times when like he does those things or, I mean, how blessed can you be like to have that person in your life? Like not everybody is, not everybody finds that person. And it makes me so sad, but Mm -hmm. I do like, I I remember things. Hmm. Just different things. It's like, hard to recall just one, it is. isn't it? Yeah, it's it's just that overlying thing. Like I know that, like with my husband, I know that if I struggle with something, he, I mean, he might pick fun or something, but he's gonna find a way to make it easier. Or, I mean, little gifts. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if I had to pick one, I mean, it's kind of random, but <laughs> books. I know, right? You wouldn't imagine. I'd have books everywhere, and it's always been a thing, and they're always stacked. I'm always in a bookcase, and I'll never forget. And actually, I'm so excited. Like he, I come home one day and he's just completely covered a wall in bookshelves and like the simplest thing that you don't even ask for. And it's just like, mm-hmm. cause I'm kind of OCD and having that it's like, yeah, it's a bookcase and where he could have 
you know, when I bought one or just, you know, move things around or like, okay, get over it. They're books. You're buying them. Like those little things, like he didn't have to take his time to build that and make it to where I didn't have to trip on books. I mean, it's, it's a small example, but just little stuff mm -hmm. or like we had turkeys for a while. We just took those guys to butcher, but I'm not a fan of birds. And we had a Jake that just would not leave me be. I hated it. And so he made it to where he put up an extra little fence, kind of like the same thing, like not with the dirty part with um, Elaine, but just the actual bird I didn't like. So he made it to where I could still do those chores without having to worry about this big Jake coming after me. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's, it's just nice. Yeah. I, I can't even, I, I would agree. I feel so blessed to have Derek as my husband because I can't even tell you it, it would take too long to tell you all the little things that he does to because he knows that i don't like it or it really right. bothers me so then he'll either just go ahead and take care of it or like you said he'll do something to make it mm -hmm. easier for me like one of the things is when we bought our house it didn't have a dishwasher okay now this is gonna make me sound like a whiny <laughs> person okay but i'm like and we have a teeny tiny counter so you have to do dishes every time you cook okay so think about how many times you cook a day right yeah. so i was just getting to the point where i'm like i just wish i had a dishwasher i could just load it and walk away and not you know what i mean so what does he do he gets with his parents and he says mom i need you to get melissa out of the house and dad, I need you to help me come put this dishwasher in. So when I came home, he was like, hey, I, they were still working in the kitchen. And his dad's like, oh, well, you had a you had a leak. Your kitchen sink was leaking. And I go, what? I had no idea. What are you talking about? And Derek's like, get in here. Let me show you. And I walk around the corner and there's the dishwasher. And I'm like almost in tears because I was like, thank you so much. Like, Aww. it's this littlest thing, right? And then. And then he also knows like dishes drive me nuts because it is a chore, it's a daily chore and I'll do really good for a while. And then all of a sudden I'm like, I am so sick of doing these dishes. <laughs> like I'll come home and he'll have them all done. And I'm like, you're so great. Like, like Aww. he knows I can't handle like mm -hmm. clutter around the house. It stresses me. And I know we have clutter right now because we're still remodeling, but I like I like everything in its place. And so he'll notice that I'm getting stressed over it. And the next thing I know, I come home and things are, you know, put back where they belong. And, yeah. you know, so. Uh, anyway, oh, not so Matthias is that for her. Not to steal your story, but I remember you telling us a story in one of the book clubs or one of the podcasts before. I don't know why this keeps popping in my head, but I just, I got to remind you because it, it warmed my heart and I was so happy for you. Those little things, like if I can't think of one for me, I'll never forget when you were telling us about, I think you would cut your finger and you're, and you're just like, what did you say? You were in the kitchen. You're just like, Derek. Yes. And like, he already knew. I know. Silly to us and we know it, but to have that man, like, you know, mm -hmm. they think it's silly. They know like, oh, come on. But at the same time, they'll never say it to us. And it's just... That right. was so cute. Like, I would just look at you too. And I was yeah. Like, oh, that made me happy. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't do blood. Well, I don't do blood <laughs> at all. Um, And so, yes, I cut my finger while cutting the watermelon. And I, it might have been the panic in my voice too, but he also knew what I was doing. And he was right there. And he was just like holding me and, like, okay, I need you to do this. Okay. Now I'll take care of that, you know. <laughs> 
So yeah, he's really good about he knows I don't do blood well. I'm yeah. he kept me from passing out. <laughs> oh goodness. I'm such a chicken when it comes to that. It's crazy. One of the things I love about this book is that uh there's a strong message of forgiveness, right? Joe and Elaine have a lot they work through. There's it, there was just always that tension. You knew it like in yeah. the other book, right? Cuz you talk yeah. about how you know Elaine, Elaine always come off as uh, well what Elaine the pain, right? <laughs> yeah. And so there's that that's working its way there, right? Uh Matthias is working on just forgiving himself for past choices and then that choice at the beginning of this book that honestly mm-hmm. I consider him innocent of but he's very guilty of yeah um, and uh, so I just loved that running theme in here there were a couple of things I wanted to ask you though that come up so Matthias realizes that Elaine you've got to learn to ride and be able to get on a horse without anyone around if you're going to survive out here and you've got to learn how to shoot a gun right and so she's nervous about trying these things and this whole time he's his thoughts are i'm going to get her prepared to survive in this wilderness because i'm not going to stay around he wasn't intending for them to fall in love you know even though he was in love with her he knew he always just felt like he wasn't good enough for her, I guess, is mm-hmm. kind of where it went. So he teaches her how to ride bareback and how to get up on the horse without his help and all of this stuff. So I, I was curious, have you ever ridden bareback before? Yes. A long time ago, but yes. <laughs> do, you, do you have a preference? Do you prefer bareback over a saddle? Ooh. Or the other way around? I don't know. I haven't ridden enough. And like I said, it was all of my horse riding was back when I was a child. So I know like when you're in the saddle, I think you feel more secure and you're more safe. I mean, I was young. Of course I'm, you know, I'm 36 now. My bones and body don't like discomfort as much as it used to, but I do remember being <laughs> younger, but I always liked bareback just because I felt closer to nature, closer to the animal. I don't know. I just, I liked bareback, but mm-hmm. it's not as secure. Like you don't feel as safe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I enjoy both, but I would say if I had a preference, totally the saddle and it's just the security piece of it. But, uh, my thing too, and Jessica, I think she told this story about me one time, whether I was bareback or in a saddle, I couldn't keep my butt on the horse. Like (laughs) when they started, uh, when they started loping, I would like, I don't know. I would do the loop with them. Does that make sense? But my <laughs> my butt would come up off of them, right? And I would just be like, you know, <laughs> and they would always tell me, you got to grip with your, you got to grip with your legs. And I'm like, I am gripping with legs. And I can't keep my it's butt in the saddle. <laughs> I don't, I, I just never could. I don't know. Maybe I could now as an adult. I mean, that's, I was like maybe 80 pounds soaking wet back then so (laughs) i put a little meat on my bones since then so maybe i could do it now but uh yeah and bareback i'm always like the the horse's coat was always so slick i'm like i'm gonna (laughs) slide right off of them (laughs) so 
<laughs> Anyways. Okay, so the other thing she gets to do is learn how to shoot a gun. And it is the sweetest scene ever. I absolutely love it. So it made me... I, do you remember the first time you shot a gun? I do. I do. <laughs> so what was that experience like? <laughs> oh, my goodness. It was... So we grew up around, around guns and farm. My grandpa, <clears throat> I remember I was six years old and like the biggest thing with them was, you know, curiosity gets you in trouble. So we knew about guns like we knew not to touch them, but we had that, you know, this is what it is. This is how you, there was no curiosity there. Like he took that aspect yeah. out of it so that we knew that this is dangerous. You know, don't point a gun at anybody unless you intend on killing them. Like it was a very serious thing. And I remember being six years old and it was like this moment of just all like, Oh, I'm so cool. I get to do this. And at the same time, I'm like, I'm going to get in trouble. Like I shouldn't be doing this. I just, I'll never forget that conflicting feeling. And just remembering my grandpa being behind me and just, you know, it's okay. And yes, this is dangerous, but yeah, it, it was, I don't know, kind of, well, now that grandpa's passed, it's a bittersweet moment. Cause it's just as an adult looking back, you know, as a child, I was just like, Oh my gosh, I was so excited. And like, I don't know, it was a lot of conflicting emotions and yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, I grew, we grew up the same. Uh, dad had guns everywhere and, and there wasn't a curiosity there either because he taught us um, all of those same things that you mentioned. But so my first time shooting a gun that I can recall uh, is my dad has muzzle loaders, And so because he's part of the Stone's Trace group and everything. And so he took us up to that range and he packed packed the gun and everything for us. And I do remember he, he packed it so with very little <laughs> in it, you know, <laughs> just as, and I do remember cause the gun is so heavy and long that, so he would set it up so that it, it laid on top of the rail and then he would be behind us holding us the whole time and guiding our hand. Okay. This is where you need to be. This is, uh, you need to look down the sights this way and everything. And I remember it's like, you know, you tuck that into your shoulder, you know, all the stuff, right? He got us all set up. I remember pulling the trigger and the kickback on it, which it wasn't really that much, but I was probably like 10, maybe 10 at yeah. the time. And like kicking back into my dad who has a hold of me. Right. So he kept me upright. Uh, and I remember thinking, oh, dad, that kind of hurts. <laughs> and he's like, you're going to have to get used to the recoil, that, that kickback. Okay. And he goes, and I'm not packing it that much, you know. Uh, but see, Elaine had a similar experience because Matthias held her the first time and guided her through all of that. Okay. Their experience is romantic. Mine was more like, oh, I fell into my daddy's arms, you know. <laughs> Yeah. So, and the time that she does it by herself, she actually gets blown back off her feet. Oh my. Like it, because it, because it startles her so much. The kickback was there, but it was more like the startle, like it really startled her. And of course he's like, oh my gosh, Elaine, Elaine, are you okay? And, and she kind of totally shows how she's progressing as a person because she kind of starts laughing and she goes it's a lot nicer when you're holding me <laughs> it's not she's like on her backside you know so um 
But anyways, I will say I have not handled a gun very often since I was a kid that now there's just this very small underlying fear when I get to the range. Like I know everything's okay, but it's also this adult mentality. Like, you know, all the things that could go wrong when you're handling the gun and all of this. So, um, what I need to do is spend more time on the range with my own, with my own guns and get comfortable with them again, which was what he was doing. That was his whole goal is to get her comfortable with it. So I don't want to say much more because I want you to be able to finish the book and for our listeners to finish the book without giving away all the good bits. But I think you're going to love it. They actually, uh, looking through the series, they are my favorite. Their story, their love story is my favorite. It's just so incredibly sweet. I'm excited. I I will say. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I would say, I think there's supposed to be another book, but I can't find anything on it that would follow Gideon's younger brother because his younger mm-hmm. brother comes in about three quarters of the way through the book. He he shows up. Um, so I think there's supposed to be another. I don't know. We get to interview Jody uh, in October. So uh, hopefully we'll find out then. She couldn't make it. This is what's so, so exciting to me. She couldn't make it because she lives for today's recording because Mm -hmm. she lives in Alaska. And she said they have planned this weekend uh, a big family moose hunt. And it's very important to their survival because they've got to pack their meat for the winter. I was like, wow, like people still live in the frontier. You know what I mean? It's pretty cool. Pretty intriguing for me who's born and raised in Indiana. Yeah. <laughs> There's no wild frontier here. You know. Uh, what so how would you rate the adventure level in this book? Ooh. So far, Mocha but yeah, I'm not far. Okay. I'm not far yeah. into it, but Mocha so far. I can see like there's a lot. I would agree. Through. I think a Mocha is a yeah. There's a lot of moving pieces. A lot of like, oh, what what's gonna happen with this now? But I would agree. A Mocha is a good one. How about the mystery level? Mm-hmm. Mm. Probably espresso. Yeah, I would agree. There's not as much mystery uh, yeah. to this. Like you, you know, the evil and the evil forces in the book and what their motive and plans are. Uh, and then the romance level. I can't rate it yet. I haven't seen a whole lot of romance yet. So, OK, so I would say that it is a mocha as well. Okay. There's. Like, as they get to know each other, there's romance, but there's not a ton of heated stuff that I would say that it's a latte. So, all right. And so far from what you've read of the book, how would you, what lasso rating would you give it? I'd still probably give it a three. Just, I really enjoy her writing. The books, all of Mm -hmm. them so far have been great. And 
yeah, so far what I've read, just even the characters, like knowing, like, I don't know what's going to happen yet, but just knowing that character development that's coming, I'm probably going to go with a three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree. I would give it a three as well. I've made it to the end, so I could tell you you're in for a real treat. Good. Hey, everyone. If you enjoy our content, please consider giving us a five-star rating on your favorite podcast platform or hitting the like button on our Rumble channel. These simple clicks by you help us reach more people. Thank you for your support. And until next time, happy and blessed reading.